August 2013. We're back at the Soybean Aphid Podcast. We're trying something different this time. We're different configuration on the microphone. Hi. Can you hear me now? I, I hope so. Well, you're going to have to talk louder. Uh, and what are we going to talk about today? Uh, so many things. Uh, we're going to talk about soybean aphids. We're going to talk about spraying. Thank you, Phil. And we're going to talk about Japanese beetles and stink bugs. And maybe if we get to it, entomologists in the news. So, Aaron Hodgson, what do we know about soybean aphid, the soybean aphid outbreak of 2013? How goes it? It's still happening. I saw some small aerial applications going down yesterday along I-35 on my way back to Ames. And so, um, if they're spraying in soybean, I suspect they are spraying for soybean aphids. So that's still happening. So if you have late planted fields, I encourage you to get out there and look. And you'll you'll want to make timely applications before uh, full seed set. Uh, so one observation you just made there about the late planting. This has uh, been interesting from the perspective of our students who have research plots throughout the state. Uh, one thing that they're saying uh, or they're observing is that the fields in the northern third of the state are the ones with the heaviest populations. And as you move down, um, fewer. In fact, the southern uh, third of the state, especially around um, Story County, very low populations, um, regard like 10 per plant, if that. Whether those populations are going to increase is anybody's guess, um, but uh, only one way to find out, and that's to go look. Um, but one thing that they've said from all of the plots around the state is that the uh, soybeans that were planted later have the heaviest populations. Almost the like night and day difference, like the later stuff that would have been planted normal you know, planting dates for Iowa, very few aphids, 10, 20 per plant, but the later stuff that was planted some in June, some like late June, like the last week of June, uh, four or five hundred to a thousand per plant. Is that what you're mm-hmm. seeing or hearing from around the state? Yeah, I think that's true in some of our small plot trial work at the farms. Uh, we were some of the latest planted at some of those locations, like, like you said, the end of June. And um, a few of our students have said, you know, over a thousand per plant in the untreated areas. So, yep, that backs up what you were saying. So, soybean aphid spraying. Um, is a reality for the northern part of the state, maybe for the southern, and um, we really encourage soybean farmers uh, throughout the state to take a look. Uh, there's going to be variability on the ground. Uh, clearly, uh, planting date is having an effect this year, probably more than uh, we've seen in years past because of the huge variation um, given the spring rains. The other thing that the students pointed out to me, uh, this is Mike McCarville, he saw about half the population of soybean aphids on nematode-resistant beans compared to nematode-susceptible beans. And this is in keeping with some of the research we've done in small plot and greenhouse studies where it looks like PI-8788 confers some resistance to soybean aphids. Um, I'm guessing, maybe you've heard this this year, uh, that there's quite a bit of variation from field to field uh, around Iowa when it comes to soybean aphid outbreaks. Is that something you hear much from your... I have heard of a lot of variability, although it hasn't really been... The conversations haven't been surrounded by soybean cyst nematode discussions, but yeah, it could be. So one of the the things I think Mike's uh, research is showing is that 
one source of this variation could be the genetics of the plant that we don't normally think of as having anything to do with aphids. It looks like for some of the nematode-resistant varieties, there's also a little bit, you know, 20 to 50 percent reduction in aphid uh, populations. Now, that's not a guarantee that you're going to have no aphids or you're not going to need to spray, but it does kind of help maybe give a clear picture of why we see the differences we do on the ground. Anything else to say about soybean aphids? Uh, no, I, I think we covered it fairly well. Okay, so uh, maybe with the time remaining, uh, we can talk a little bit about um, the other pests out there. Japanese beetles, uh, throughout the state where we've been doing our survey work, uh, those populations have really come down um, by orders of magnitude, and that's pretty consistent with what we're seeing um, in our homes and gardens, the, their numbers have dropped off, probably uh, helped by the hot temperatures that we've experienced, the 100-plus degree temperatures this past week. Yeah, we had a new detection of Japanese beetle in Marion County last week, and that was from a, a homeowner that took some very nice photos. So um, if you're seeing Japanese beetles in counties where you haven't before, just let us know. We, we're interested in, in tracking that over time. And uh, one thing that has come up around Muscatine County, uh, where we've been doing our survey work, um, not only look for Japanese beetles, but also stink bugs. And in that area, uh, we've the student, uh, Cody uh, Kuntz, has noted that the stink bug population has increased, likely uh, following the development of the uh, plant. Uh, they tend to feed more on pods and on more mature plants, and as those early planted soybeans uh, reach uh, those later stages, they're becoming more attractive to stink bugs. Now, having said that he saw an increase in stink bugs, I should point out these are very low populations, uh, probably not worth spraying, probably not something that unless you were really trying to look for, you would find. So um, something to keep an eye out for, but for most of the state, stink bugs aren't, in fact, I'd say almost all of the state, stink bugs aren't going to be a problem. And the whole reason why we're looking for stink bugs at all is for the dreaded brown marmorated stink bug, this invasive pest that is moving from the East Coast uh, our way, and it has been a problem in um, corn, soybean, and especially fruits and vegetables. Uh, Any other pests that we should talk about? Um, Only if you're in a drought situation, if you haven't had rain. Which Um, is a lot of us right now. Yeah, for most of the state. um, It may be worth your time to take a look for two-spotted spider mite. So if you have areas that are starting to become discolored, um, you you could have mites there and be feeding there for quite a long while. And that was a a huge issue, probably our our most important pest last year. So um, go out and take a look to see if you have any mite activity in the lower canopy. And then if you do, just take a closer look throughout the field to see if you have mites in the upper canopy. Yeah, so like we indicated earlier, spraying is going on in Iowa, and some of it is justified clearly for aphid outbreaks. Uh, But uh, even in areas where that spraying is going on, uh, it's worth scouting just to see if you need to also manage uh, spider mites. And those are uh, challenging to manage with uh, pyrethroids. Um, In fact, it's probably best to say they're not managed by pyrethroids. You really need to use organophosphate or some other chemistry. Soybean aphids, on the other hand, managed by just about everything that we have out there. And there's some variability, but pretty much everything works fairly well. Um, but with the spider mites, we can see a real difference uh, in terms of uh, how well they're managed based on the chemistry that's selected. 
Uh, oh, shoot. Look at that. We're almost out of time. Uh, but I will note that um, some of the work that we've been doing was featured in uh, Agribusiness Report by WHO-TV. I'll put links in uh, the body of the little summary here. Um, this is work done by graduate student Kelly Gill and, Thel- and postdoc Thelma Heidel uh, about some of the ways that landowners, homeowners, farmers can conserve uh uh, bees, not just honeybees, but all bees with uh, conservation practices. Okay, we're good for this week? We're so good. I hope things cool down for everybody and we get some rain this weekend. Sure could use it. Have a good week.